Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Feeling the fire, uh, feeling the fury. Um, I don't have any funny anecdotes this week. Uh, I, I normally try to have a eventful week, weekend to regale you with, but uh, you we're hanging out with some more supporters. You were not looking forward to that. So you have, have any yeah. kind of a oh, no, I have experience that, sure. that do you? <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're, this is kind of a special episode. We're really just covering the uh, Nevada caucus where um, with 46% of the vote, <sighs> Bernie Sanders was the winner um, <sighs> of the Nevada caucus. <laughs> we're fucked. We're so fucked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bernie won in a landslide. He outperformed his polls by 10 points, which is fucking insane. Uh, he, he outperformed, I would say, his most generous polls by 10 points. I mean, there were polls I saw where he was only, you know, 10 points up on, on, on like Biden or Buttigieg or whoever, and he ended up beating Joe Biden by 27 points, Pete Buttigieg by over 30 points, I believe, as of last count. Um, and yeah, um, finally people in the media are starting to wake up to the fact that Bernie Sanders is going to be the nominee and they are uh, in various stages of pissing themselves. Uh, And that's definitely, you know, something we're going to cover extensively today. Um, But yeah, so I, um, yeah, so, you know, it was on a Saturday, which is weird, uh, but South Carolina is also on a Saturday, I guess, you know, I I actually think that's better because, you know, more people can go obviously people work on saturdays also especially service uh industry workers but at least more people uh are off on a saturday than would be on you know a tuesday let's say so you know it's better again election day should be a national holiday uh and local election should be a, a you know local holiday for you but uh i was at a party in boston uh i went to my fiance's brother's uh house for kind of like mardi gras like it was all firefighters right (laughs) yeah no (laughs) that's that's uh, boston is exclusively cops and firefighters and uh and ira members no um no it was it was it was just it was actually a bunch of like professional class liberals which was fucking hilarious because uh there were a lot of glum faces in this party like let me tell you so you know, I, I walk in. First thing I see, one of the one of the people there who I haven't met before had a "Nevertheless, she persisted" tattoo <laughs> on her on her inner arm. Like I was like, "All right, this is <laughs> this." Wait, is the wait, shit was it was for. it all in like lowercase cursive in a line? Like yeah, on the of inside course, of, her? of course, of course, of course it was. Yeah, of course. It was. <laughs> so I was like, "All right, this is the crowd I'm working with tonight." So you know, politics. It took a while. Took some drinks to to, to flow for people to bring it up. But of course, when it got brought up. Um, the most obnoxious guest at the party who I will, who will remain nameless. Although I will say that she shares a first name with uh, one of our least favorite presidential candidates of all time. Um, so, so she, um, so you can pretty much guess who that is. So uh, she at one point like checked her phone and like made a real big show of sighing, like, like very much like a reporter that will play a clip of later. She was just like, ah, you know, pay attention to me, basically. And everyone was like, what's going on? She's like, oh, nothing. Just Russia is winning our elections. That's what's going on. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, do I even bother? Like, do I even fucking bother engaging with this right now? And I was like, yeah, sure. If you mean, you know, the, a diverse working class coalition of young and uh, old voters who are, want to like the most progressive president in the history of the United States, then yeah, Russia is winning our elections. And uh, she didn't really 
have a have a have a response to that. So you know. Oh, you but, said but, that to her. Oh yeah, no, I did say that because I, I was just like, I can't. I was already like did multiple. I was like six drinks in. I was like, all right, you know, oh. sober me would have let this go, but, um, but but there was but there was also one of her friends that was there that like, basically when she left the room called her a fucking idiot and was like, yeah, just, just don't. <laughs> She's like, I, there, there was like one or two Bernie supporters there, uh, so I, I didn't feel totally alone, but it was very much a a Warren uh a Warren friendly crowd and they were very distraught by by her absolutely abysmal god awful performance that you know i it, she has no business in this race at this point she's uh you know she finished third in Iowa fourth in New Hampshire fourth here in Nevada she got no delegates in the last two states she has no viable path to the nomination her campaign has become a bitter you know, mudslinging, uh, left punching, uh, sideshow. And at this point, all she's doing is staying in the race to try to drag Bernie down into the muck and make sure he doesn't get the, uh, the votes to win on the first ballot. And she's hoping that the super delegates are going to throw it to her, which is hilarious because, you know, as much as she plays ball with them. And again, this, this speaks to her idiot, uh, totally idiotic political instincts they'll never fucking give the nomination to her if they have a choice of whoever they want. Like if, if, if it comes to a second ballot and they can pick wherever they want, she is like at the bottom of the list, just above Bernie. Like she's a fucking moron and a mark. If she thinks that they're going to give her the nomination over Buttigieg or Biden or Bloomberg or, you know, pick your candidate. Like she's just fucking deluding herself, but I'm sure that's what her idiot consultants from the Obama and Hillary campaigns are telling her. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, so was, I mean, I we, we've we've said many things about Warren. I just like I don't really have any opinion of her at this point because I'm. It's like my brain is excised her from from memory, right? Well, she's not a she's <clears> not a top tier candidate anymore. She's a she's a, yeah she's not she's not a she relevant never, candidate. She never was. There, so I didn't even read the whole thing, but somebody posted like a like a huge mega thread about why they were taking down their. Uh, Warren for I saw that, yeah. banner off their front lawn or whatever it was. And like, I didn't even yeah. read it because I didn't want to, you know, think, oh, this person's like, finally logic has won this person over. <laughs> I, I was certain that it was going to be some other kind of like, you know, I've given up because the bros have defeated us kind of a thing. So I didn't bother reading it. So did you, did you dabble into I, that? I, I didn't. Well, so it was actually a video that she posted. I didn't watch it, but I saw a lot of people posting things to the effect of like, you know, I still love Warren, but I, I recognize that we need to beat Trump. And obviously, Bernie is the strongest candidate to do. I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Right. Um, and obviously, yeah, that's okay. anecdotal. But, you know, uh, that, that I'll, look, fuck, we'll take it. We need, you know, all the votes we can get. Uh, and yeah, I, I if, would say, like, you know, people being, you know, honest and, and humble about politics on Twitter is probably an outlier. But. But yeah, no, it it's is, still good to but, see. <laughs> but it's nice that people are boosting it. And like, don't be mean to those people. Like, yeah, they're you know, <laughs> to some degree, they had they 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 picked the wrong side. But you know what? If they're gonna come around to the right side, let's be gracious about it and accept sure. them into the movement. We're not gonna you know elevate them to any positions of leadership in the movement. But they're they're very much welcome to be a part of the the mass movement and you know, be one of the faces in the crowd with us. Like that's that's you know no problem. Um. Now, if they start talking some shit, then, you know, <laughs> we reassess that. But no. So, yeah. So, it was, it, you know, and he, he even her, like, her brother is a big Warren supporter. And, like, I, I, I like him. He's a very nice guy. But, like, 
he's one of those like he would he will never he won't talk to me about it when I'm in the room really like because I think he doesn't want to get into a debate with and not that we'd argue but like apparently when I went to the bathroom he's just like I just don't think like Bernie's administration is going to go the way people think it's going to go and I'm like you know uh, I wish he had said that to me when I was out there because it's like uh, really does he, what, why does don't he you... think Bernie's going to hire a bunch of sellouts. Like what is no, he, I think he, he thinks means? he's not going to be an effective legislator, which is the, this hacky point that we see made all the time. Well, oh, well, only 13 senators support Medicare for all. So how do you think you're going to get it passed in the Senate, Bernie? You don't have to be a legislator. You're the top executive position of the country. It's not your job anymore. <laughs> That's other no, people's and, jobs. And also, it's been really illustrative this week just how much Democrats are simps and how much they'll fall in line. If you look at, like, the Ted Lewis of the world, people who are not, you know, not in our camp, like not Bernie supporters, just being very deferential. Chris, Ma- uh, Chris no, not Chris Matthews. Well, yes, him too. But Chris Murphy, you know, senator from Connecticut, never a huge Bernie fan, but he went on cable news and really was singing his praises. These people at their core are careerists who want to stay in their positions. And if the president of the United States, who happens to be in their same party, is making it clear to those senators that like, hey, if you don't support my agenda... I'm going to make sure we get somebody in your seat who does. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really fucking powerful, and that's way more powerful than any of their, you know, supposed convictions, of which most of them have none. So, like, this whole idea that, like, oh, well, you know, people don't... Yeah, because he had no power, you know, in terms of actual, you know, tangible power. He had people power behind him for the last five years, but he actually has power now, and that's going to be, you know... And we can, we'll illustrate that later with something that happened tonight, just before we went on air, but... Um, it, people will bend the knee, and we're already seeing it all over cable news in yeah. Washington. And he hasn't even won yet. He, but he's so obviously the front runner, and so obviously going to fucking dominate the next two uh, weeks of primaries. That it, it's very obvious that he's going to be the front runner. And if you're not getting in now, you're going to be left off the train. Like if you're not getting on the train while there's still time to. Well, while it still appears like there's still a contest, then we're going to, you know, people are going to sniff you out as the sure. opportunist that you are well, when you come around. <clears throat> a lot of these a lot of these people are, are, of course, feckless, and they are starting to transition to um, sort of uh, inevitable hand-wringing about Bernie. It's like, okay, well, yes, Bernie is, is the inevitable nominee, but there's some things he's got to realize first about the way things really work. And it's, just, it's like you, you know that Bernie knows better than they do, they're just trying to transition to being still credible somehow, but they're not going to do it, you know, with without having some some you know finger wagging at Bernie. Uh, and I, I do have some quotes from some of that stuff. We'll get into a little bit later, but yeah, it's um, this is I've got a bunch of quotes like we did last time, just because this is such a historic moment um, that you know, just for the sake of getting it read into the record of this podcast, like there there are some great things in print right now um especially on yahoo news we've mentioned this a couple times is this guy uh, andrew uh, romano that we've been talking about um he's on the campaign trail and he's doing some great long-form reporting about all of this and i i, I don't know if i have any more quotes from him today um but yeah it, it's phenomenal to see really that there is a real press corps out there that is fascinated with bernie sanders and the momentum he's built and the campaign that he's running uh, because nobody else is running a campaign like this right now or ever. Honestly. Nobody, yeah, I was going to say nobody else really ever has. I mean, maybe, you know, you could look at Jesse Jackson's campaign, but unfortunately there wasn't the, 
the momentum behind it back then because I think the country was still not, you know, <laughs> was still a little too racist to make that work, unfortunately. I, I think the demographics had not quite shifted enough. But Jesse Jackson ran a fucking great campaign in 88. Yeah. Well, demographics of the whole country have changed, too. Uh, yeah, and, and 100%. The economics, we've had, you know, instead of a couple years of Reaganomics, we've had 40 years now of Reaganomics, right? So we, we've seen the, the devastation over the course of almost half a century now, whereas back when he ran, it was you know Reagan was still pretty popular. It was actually very much like the like what with the situation we're in now, where it's like like basically if you view Reagan as a Trump and in that analogy, we're just starting to see that you know uh, the cracks in the Trump. I mean, you know, obviously we've talked about for years how you know Trump's economy is built on a house of cards and, you know, it's going to come crashing down. I mean, people need to be prepared for the fact that this economy is going to crash during the next presidential term. So, like, once Bernie takes office, there's a very high likelihood that the economy will crash, probably because Bernie takes office, because these Wall Street Oh, that's what they'll blame it on, yeah. Oh, no, no, but because it's a bullshit system built upon, you know, the whims of a bunch of fucking rich, you know, piss babies who like to you know, pull their money out of things when they don't, when things that they don't like, it's such a stupid fucking system to base any kind of an economic metric on yet. That's all people view as our economy is this casino video game, casino gambling uh, system in wall street. And it's a hundred percent going to crash when Bernie wins. And you know, that might trigger the actual oncoming recession, which has been, you know, uh, which has been coming for years now since Trump's been, you know, completely gotten rid of the minuscule fucking regulations that were left after Obama kind of further got rid of some. Um, and it's just like, yeah. So, so Bernie's going to really have, uh, a lot of shit to do when he gets in the white house and he needs our movement behind him. So like, it's really actually kind of encouraging to see that, at least the, the 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 weaklings in the media and in the Democratic Party are are super willing to bend the knee when it's clear that Bernie is is the leader of this movement. Like they're not, you know, they're they're too feckless to stop him. I think they real a lot of them realize that now, so they're all bending the knee. Right. Um, so any any major uh, conflict come out of the, the the Boston party we're at here? Uh, no, not really. Just, you know, the little comments like that. But, you know, I, I, I just felt, I just, I was fucking feeling great, you know? Yeah. Had a good time, had some drinks, Bernie fucking, you know, dominated. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was fucking great. So here's actually, I want to play some clips, uh, cause we have a lot of audio from, t- from, from this, uh, mm. this, this caucus night. This is a, uh, MSNBC reporter reporting from a, uh, a uh, caucus precinct, which seems to be all service workers. I, oh, is the Bellagio? Uh, so it was all. It, it was mostly Bellagio uh, employees uh, and, at their caucus. Uh, and so, to j- just see if you, if if she has a tinge of uh, of dismay about the results of this uh, of this caucus. That these again are people who work on the strip within two and a half miles of the Bellagio, largely people of color of those the majority are latino and they are clearly at least from eyeballing it strongly in favor of bernie sanders with joe biden coming in second (laughs) (sighs) they're clearly man did she just lose a bunch of money or is she really like that waspy and racist and afraid of of latinos taking over like what, what what was that 
Um, honestly, that that was that was the the sigh I heard around the world, uh, and it was it was just like a couple hours later that some of the people at the caucus clearly had seen the video, uh, and were you know mocking her back. I think we all have the audio of that as well. Yeah, we do. Let me uh, cue that up. But yeah. So yeah, this is, this is a bunch of uh, Latino volunteers for Bernie uh, mocking this, <laughs> this situation. Ah, Bernie! Those, I mean, those were those were like higher up organizers. Actually, uh, I oh, recognized they? a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just, I mean, just like imagine how how patient and nice you have to be to to see that kind of racism in the media, and you just like brush it off lightheartedly like that. Like I would have been fucking like irate if I'd watched that video and I knew that like that was the. I mean, I'm I'm still pissed about it just being a Bernie supporter, but you know the just the the, the casual racism. The, in, in that it reflected in that that blonde haired white woman uh, reporting on that, it was just I was like that would be it would affect me a lot more if that was if that was the case. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so um, you know she wasn't the only one who was having a rough night. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know Chris Matthews uh, was not having a good night. Let, let, let's just put it that way. So th- this is a clip. Um, of Chris Matthews from that uh, coverage that he did. And uh, wait, no, where'd it go? Thought I posted it. Um, oh, okay, posted it in a different track. Okay, so this is a clip of Chris Matthews from uh, coverage. And it, he makes an analogy to Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, for Bernie Sanders' win that uh, some people took issue with. So let's play that and we'll we'll talk about it. I'm reading last night about the fall of France in the summer of 1940, and the general, Renault, calls up Churchill and says, it's over. And Churchill says, how can it be? you got the greatest army in Europe. How can it be over? He said, it's over. So I had that pre- suppressed feeling. I can't be as wild as Carville, but he is damn smart, and I think he's damn right on this one. So that's just Chris Matthews comparing the uh, Nevada caucus blowout victory of Bernie Sanders uh, our potential first Jewish president who lost family in the Holocaust to uh, the fall of France, uh, you know, when the Nazis, uh, you know, came through and occupied France in, in 1940. It makes me wonder, do, is this just what the producer says in his ear to say, you know, because no, that, that's no, like 90% so. of the shit they say they're, they're fed. But, okay, so then the alternative is that Chris Matthews sits around reading World War History books in his free time, and like that, has clouded his fucking shitlib brain to, oh, to think the way he does. That's the case, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, uh, they, I don't know. I mean, it's it's blatant. Um, you know, what was it? Uh, Chuck Todd did the same thing last week. Oh, digital the, brown, the brown shirts. shirts yep. Comment, yeah. So it, it's it's like, they're, this is the, the precipice we're seeing where... They're, they've been saying it, you know, Jennifer Rubin, fucking lunatic Republican with his face made out of rubber, like burnt leather or something, saying just, you know, why aren't you attacking Bernie Sanders? You have to attack him now before it's too late. It's like, it's already too late. shitting her pants you, on her You like, have been attacking him for five years, and what used to work doesn't work anymore because people have now vetted him, and they like what they see. They like Bernie Sanders. And when you attack the popular person for being popular... 
and you attack his his supporters for uh, you know being the fringe when they're the majority, uh, people get pissed. Um, I got I got to read this one quote here from fucking Booty Judge when he gave his concession speech. He really reached a new low <clears throat> on a couple different levels here. Mainly because uh, so he made it sound like it was a victory speech. Of course, yeah. So Buttigieg condemned Bernie Sanders and his movement after losing Nevada caucus, his title this article. Uh, Sanders, Buttigieg said in Defeat Nevada, leads a, quote, inflexible ideological revolution that leaves out most Democrats, end quote. So ideological revolution, like there is no ideology at play other than people should be able to go to the doctor without going into life-ending debt. Uh, and and that leaves out most Democrats. Like, where is it? Where, what does that even mean? That, if that he leaves out that? most Democrats, then what does Pete Buttigieg do when he gets How, less than like a third of the votes that he does? Yeah, it was like these people that you know, Hillary Clinton won uh, Nevada by like a, a scant three percent margin, and that was considered to be a landslide. Bernie wins with more votes than all the others combined, and that's just suddenly it's oh well, so few people even go to the caucuses. It doesn't even count. So and it Bernie, leaves out and Bernie won Nevada. Let's be real; like that—that's why they had to make up the chair throwing incident because his supporters oh. flipped a shit because they uh, used uh, a lot of, of procedural bullshit to give the to give the slim victory to Hillary. But that's a whole nother. So this this piece goes on a little bit, uh, characterizing most of what he said. Uh, he sounded on one hand to be criticizing Sanders' opponents uh, for their online vitriol and extremism lines that are sure to be interpreted by uh, his supporters as antagonistic and unwelcoming, while. On the other uh, hand, emphasizing the need for a broader movement, this is Booty Judge, emphasizing the need for a broader movement that welcomes all points of view. That's not a movement. Uh, uh, you can't have a movement that emphasizes all points of view. That's literally just the fucking drill tweet saying the wise man bowed his head and solemnly spoke. There's actually zero difference between good things and bad, you fucking imbecile. You know, it's <laughs> it's just, it, you can't have, yeah. it, you and then it's it's like okay, so what does he even mean? Like, what is he? What are his? What is the right ideology? What is this movement that includes all points of view? And he defines this very clearly in his next quote here. Uh, now, ours is the only campaign that has beaten Senator Sanders anywhere in this country during this campaign cycle. Uh, we've done it not by consolidating one extreme faction, but by growing an American majority uh, that is united not only in over what we're against, but what we, it is we are for. Ours is a coalition hungry for action. If we mobilize fellow Americans as allies instead of pushing them into adversaries, we have shown that we can turn the page on our broken politics without turning off the most, uh, most Americans from our politics. <laughs> What are your politics? You I didn't think. fucking say anything. You literally that, said nothing. That, that, that literally means nothing. I was trying so hard to find a meaning in anything that you just no. said for like the last five the, minutes. We're, we're growing the American majority? Really? With three delegates out of 36 possible? W- what majority are you talking about, you fucking sniveling little piece of shit? Ugh. I'm real. I'm fucking real. Oh, God. But you know what? I mean... Uh, they're just they're, they're just at this point a bitter minority. Him, Warren, all these people who's only you know Biden. Their only strategy at this point is to fucking lie about Bernie, and nobody fucking buys it, which is why they're getting absurdly low percentages of the vote, considering how much you know money and resources they put into these states. Um, you know, 
Bloomberg, it, 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 I, I don't think Bloomberg's going to win a single fucking state on Super Tuesday. Like, I, I think that all of his support is totally fucking, uh, it's softer than Biden's support, which we've seen has been completely yeah. overinflated. I mean, Biden has underperformed all of his polling, like, completely. Like, even, like, polling, like, the week of the primaries. Like, he's just underperformed all of that because his support is completely based on who people think can beat Trump. And that's the same for Bloomberg. Everyone thought, like, the only reason Bloomberg is popular, or not popular, but the only reason he's polling well in certain states is because he's blitzing the media with air, uh, or blitzing the airwaves with uh, with ads, and people think, oh, well, maybe he can beat Trump. He has a lot of money, but so they see him in that debate. How come Bloomberg blitzing the airwaves with his bullshit advertisement doesn't get compared to, like, the Nazi blitzkrieg of London? Like, why isn't that a comparison that Chris fucking Harbaugh Oh, well, we, we need to be careful because, the, 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 you know, we're using the oligarch smear when we talk about Bloomberg and people are starting to vandalize his office by writing oh, the word yeah. oligarch on a canvas and leaving it there rather than graffiti on a sheet it on of the paper itself. that they taped <laughs> to a fucking itself. window is now considered literal violence yeah a couple of little way, details that, on totally nobody actually did that they fucking did that themselves and they're like well oh. we don't want to clean it up so let's put it on a piece of paper did, and <laughs> did you see all of the the team bloomberg tweets about that today where, oh, where, were, he, where he attributed fake quotes to Bernie Sanders and no, actual no, 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 slanderous no, 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 accusations? No, 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 no. This those? is totally different. Totally, I'm talking about the graffiti, the quote graffiti, where they were showing all the different photos of vandalism of all the different offices, and then they were, because they, graffiti is sometimes hard to read, they were transcribing the graffiti in the tweet and then oh, yeah, showing, yeah, yeah. showing the location of the office and then saying America deserves better. So they're literally quoting... Uh, Bloomberg is a fascist. America deserves better. Uh, Bloomberg is a racist pig. America deserves better. So it's like they didn't even realize. I, I swear, this has got to be like like Sanders people that run these social media accounts. They have to be. That, they that have to be. They know what they're doing with this. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, again, like making up fake quotes from Bernie Sanders today, later on today. Uh, about Did you see the Putin uh, one? It was like, LOL, he thinks Putin's hot. Like They're, they're like doing homophobic, yeah. like like Stephen Colbert level idiot like jokes to try like about but like lol like Bernie thinks that Putin's hot like that's the the height of their political analysis from team Bloomberg that's is, what they think after just a couple days ago it was reported that Bloomberg's campaign had 70 of their sock puppet accounts got deleted by by Twitter and Twitter put out a statement about it it wasn't just like quietly a bunch of d- accounts got taken down this was like this violates our <clears throat> You know, basically using spam bots to to manipulate the election the same way Russians did allegedly, right? So he's already getting blasted in the media for for doing exactly the same things that uh, he claims got Trump in office, right? So it, it's yeah. a total fucking wash. He also um, postponed the CNN town hall because he did so bad at the fucking debates that now he wants an extra day to finally start preparing. <laughs> to, to go uh, after Bernie so we can fire at Bernie. Um, no, I mean it, it's it's comical, and then all just all the Fidel Castro stuff they're trying to push. You know, Fidel Castro. Oh, Bernie said a good thing about literacy in Cuba uh, thirty-five years ago. Let's dig that up. Like, really? That's 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 the smoking gun opposition research you came up with. Like, literally, we were looking that shit up in two thousand fifteen and praising him for it. Like, you're you're attacking the feature, not the bug. Yeah, and all you're doing is exposing to a bunch of people that this country that they've been fear-mongered about for so long, Cuba, actually has a literacy program and has, you know, healthcare for everybody and, like, 
twice as many doctors as we have in the United States and all these things that he was saying in these videos. And they're like, huh, well, that's weird. And then they'll go and Google that and they'll be like, oh, wow, that's true. And, uh, gee, I had a, I, so th- these fucking idiots are so hapless that they're doing our jobs for us. Like it, it's just, I, I love oh, it. Yeah. Jennifer Rubin freaking out saying, oh my God, Bernie actually has a higher view of Cuba than APAC. When are you going to wake up, Democrats? <laughs> and it's like, that just makes me like him more. Um, so, yeah, and people were, like, you know, pointing to the fact that uh, when Obama normalized relations with Cuba, he went on this huge praise fest talking about how great Cuba was. Uh, and there was another quote here. Uh, Fidel Castro is a source of inspiration to all freedom-loving peoples. Who said that? Bernie Sanders? Nope, it was Nelson Mandela. So, Yeah. Socialist. <laughs> this, this, this kind of bullshit, yeah, it was actually uh, tried for terrorism as being a communist because they were fighting apartheid with uh, IEDs, uh, which is true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Bloomberg fear-mongering about Cuba and Bernie probably is going to work in Miami, right, and nowhere else. Miami is a hard right state at this point. Like the Democrats are not going to win Miami or, or win Florida. Like, <laughs> it's the whole state is Miami. Yeah, Miami, no, Orlando, it, it, and Fort Lauderdale. Well, no, well, but yeah, no, it's it, it, it's fucking Gusano scum right wingers and old retired New Yorkers who fucking hate Bernie Sanders. So fuck them. Like you know, yeah. honestly, Florida Florida is not a state that Democrats are going to win, and it's not like oh, I'm writing off you know the citizens of Florida. I'm not. The de- Florida is about as far right of a state as there is at this point. Like, you know, I think the Democrats are absolutely going to win. If, if Bernie's the nominee, going to win Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And there were actually polls this week that said he actually beats Trump in all three of those states. Um, and that would have been enough to give him an electoral college victory. And I think but he's, he's going to win unelectable, other states. But he's unelectable. He's going to try to two... ban fracking. <laughs> yeah, I know. People love fracking. Yeah. Some people in Pennsylvania love fracking. Let me tell you, you should watch... You go watch Gasland and see how much people of Pennsylvania love their fucking yeah. fracking water, uh, you know, contaminating their drinking water. But um, and, and, and Bernie's going to win fucking the... Texas too. Like he th- he Chuck Rocha, who he, I know you want to talk about tonight, is yeah uh, going on TV and saying yeah no we're going to win Texas. Like we're only th- Bernie's only pulling two points behind uh, Trump in Texas in general election head to heads, and once he gets down there and starts talking to people and actually turning out the Latino vote and, and talking to the young people of Texas, the Texas demographics are ripe for fucking red to blue. Like, and, and he is the one to fucking do it because he actually appeals Ann Richards. to and Richards right there. Exactly. Yeah. But, but, <clears throat> but he's a, but he's real. And the people in Texas don't fuck with fake Washington politicians in general. That's why, you know, Beto, when he, when the cracks started to show, that's why he took a dive in the polls. Like people thought he was authentic. And then it was like, eh, you know, like they realize who he was. Like it's yeah. you need to be fucking a, a real one to win in Texas. And I don't think it's a matter of oh they're super conservative. Like sure parts of the state, but Bernie Sanders is going to fucking win Texas. You know, mark my words now on February twenty fourth. What I love about Chuck Roach is is he's very upfront and honest the way that Bernie is, but he's almost to a fault trying to give away the, the logistic plan of how they're winning. Oh, God, I know. Before it's, they're already winning. And he's, and he's like, oh, I don't want to say too much, but basically we're going to keep doing what we did in Nevada. Well, you know, we're, we're going to turn state. out this this mountain community up in the uh, hills here that nobody's ever spoken. I'm like, God, shut up, Chuck. Like, you're... <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, they can't... They can't, Nobody else... Is, he knows that no one else is canvassing those places. Mm-hmm. They are out there canvassing in every single congressional district in California, not just fucking, you know, L.A. City. Diego and San Francisco. 
Um, and, and that's huge. The, there's a huge difference in the campaign Bernie's running now than he did in 2016. Part of that's just yeah, he has more people, but also just he's been doing outreach much longer. And as opposed to just doing like, oh, here's our Latino department where we, uh, you know, Google Translate our English language campaign ads into, uh, you know, Spanish. Which is what everyone then, else does. And then just play it on Telemundo, right? Which is exactly right. what everyone else does. Instead of that, so Chuck Rocha tried to get a job working for Hillary uh, back in back you know years ago, and they turned him down because he was a felon. Uh, he got there was some kind of like tax evasion thing he got, and he got probation for it. And because of that, they wouldn't work with him, right? And all he's trying to do is like get Latino issues to to be uh, you know part of American politics, uh, not necessarily right or left so much as just like, hey, I represent these this constituency, and I know how to win elections. And when he went to Bernie Sanders and Jeff Weaver, they were like, yeah, we don't, we, we, we love that you're a felon and we want to give you a second chance in life. And he says he, he cried in that moment. Um, wow. But having and him he's be a, a fucking consultant. genius too. And you listen to him like talk about his strategies. You're like, this fucking guy knows what he's doing. Like he's not. He, he does. Uh, and I, but a big part of that was not just like, here's the outreach you need to do, but you need to hire, you know, people in these communities to be the campaign. Mm-hmm. to be the, the senior advisors of the campaign, to craft your platform. And we've already talked about this a bunch on this show uh, and, and how he's been doing that. And it's, it, it, it makes such a diff- difference when it's not just, you know, when you say it's not me, it's us, and you've got, uh, you know, 70% of your campaign t- senior staff is Latina women. Um, you know, they, they know that they're going to, you know. He has an undocumented have, girl, you know, spearheading his, his, his several. immigration policy. Yeah, so I got a, one little part here. Uh, this is an article called uh, Latinos are Sanders' secret weapon in Nevada could make him unstoppable on Super Tuesday. It's uh, a quote from Roca actually here. We all do this without a Latino department, uh, saying that they weren't siloed off into a separate division. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, I was sick and tired of Latinos being window dressing for campaigns. I've seen Latino outreach programs that were siloed off, underfunded, understaffed, and never listened to. According to uh, another staffer, undocumented, uh, Balin Sisa, another undocumented staffer here, um, this integration is emblematic, uh, em- emblematic Sorry, uh, of the Sanders approach to politics. Quote, it shows what Bernie Sanders, uh, his presidency would be like. Uh, it, will be, uh, it will be the people who were in the front lines fighting for these things for years who are going to be putting together the solutions, end quote. So, yeah. and, and just some of the makeup of like, you know, we were talking for you know, up to like a year ago about how moving California up was going to hurt Bernie because mm-hmm. we presumed that the front runner would be a shit lib and that was going to give them such a huge boost that it would negate moving the superdelegates to the second round. Well, uh, somebody did some real like looked at the states where Bernie was doing really well and figured out, oh, hey, actually, they're all the first Super Tuesday on March 3rd. Uh, so Mark Longbaugh, a senior advisor to Sanders' 2016 campaign, uh, said challenges to Super Tuesday lineup could also benefit him. Uh, North Carolina, one of the strongest southern states that year, moved their primary to March 3rd. Uh, Maine, another 2016 stronghold for Sanders, also switched to the first Super Tuesday. But mo- most importantly, California is also uh, going to the polls on March 3rd, Super Tuesday. Quote, March 3rd is not the Southern-dominated March 1st that it was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, people have really even not been paying attention. Uh, people haven't really been paying attention. Uh, but this Super Tuesday lines up for Bernie Sanders much, much better than it did in 2016. 
Well, I don't know. I'm pretty worried that, you know, obviously they moved that up and Kamala Harris is, is polling pretty strong in that state right now. So that <laughs> there's a good chance that that he might not win. Re, re, restarts her campaign, gets back into the race. Can you do yeah, that? Can I, you just jump back in? I mean, probably. I don't know. She probably didn't even do the work to get on the ballot because she dropped out so early. So, you know, yeah. it, it it's just so fucking funny that they moved that up to try to, you know, hamstring Sanders and give it to Kamala. And she's not even in the fucking race anymore. Oh, man, some funny shit. But you know what? I mean, uh, Chuck Ro- and Chuck Roca said something today. He was on Rising today, and he had a great interview. I definitely recommend people go check it out. This A lot of what we're referring to, I think, came from that. But he um, he mentioned they did they, they analyzed the metrics. Bernie won 72% of Latino voters in Nevada. That's, like, fucking unheard of. Like, the only, the only thing I can compare that to is that, like, Trump, I think, won like 88% or or 92% or something like that of white evangelicals. But you know, that's actually a smaller group. So that, that in many ways, that's a less impressive number than 72% of Latinos who make up a big chunk of the population in Nevada. So that's, I mean, that's his victory right there. That's his blowout. And like, you know, they way overperformed from their polls. And again, you know, we talk all the time about like Bernie in 2016, constantly overperformed his polls because polls are all registered likely voters, you know, and that, and that's who responds to those. And that's who uh, is contacted for those polls. And Bernie's biggest strength is that he turns out non-voters. So when we see him polling neck and neck with Biden in South Carolina, you know, it's going to be tough, but I, I, you know, I'll make my prediction here. And again, if you're on the ground in South Carolina, you know, work like hell to make this happen. But I think he's going to be Biden by five points on Saturday. Like, I don't, I think those polls are, are not reflective of what actually is going to happen. Like he's, he's surging right now. Biden is stagnant. You know, he got a little bit of a boost from coming in second, uh, you know, second by a fucking country mile, you know, he's he lost by 26 <laughs> points, but, um, Bernie's going to, Bernie's going to win South Carolina and Bernie's going to win maybe every super Tuesday state, but if not every all, but like one or two super Tuesday states. And he's going to win California. So it's the full list of, of the March Texas. 3rd Super Tuesdays. Texas, California, Maine, uh, and what other states? Yeah, so let me pull that up. But that's the whole fucking election. Texas and, and California, I believe, are the two biggest uh, chunks of delegates up there with New York. I, th- th- those are the top three. I think Texas and California might actually be uh, the top two. So, I mean, if he wins then, there's no fucking stopping him. And even Nate Silver... You know, no fucking fan of Bernie Sanders is um, predicting right now that Bernie is a uh, two to one or I'm sorry, one to two odds, which means that you'd have to bet two dollars to make one dollar, which means he's an overwhelming favorite to get enough delegates to win the nomination outright, meaning not having on the first round yeah, on the first round, make the 19 because right now he's projected. So here's here's all the Super Tuesday states. And, you know, again, it is a lot. It's it's southern heavy, but he's polling at or near the top in almost all of these states. Alabama, American Samoa, Arkansas, California, Colorado, which he won, I believe. Maine, which he won. Massachusetts, which he's polling in first in, which would be fucking hilarious if he beats Warren in Massachusetts. Uh, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, another one of Warren's or Warren's home state. So that would be another really funny win. Uh, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, obviously he's going to win there, and Virginia. 
um, he actually just announced that he's going to do a four day like mega concert voter turnout drive in uh, Massachusetts. So I think he's going in for the kill on Warren in Massachusetts because if she <laughs> yeah. and she's not even campaigning there, she left Nevada and went straight to uh, to Washington up to Seattle. Right, she like should be she's in California because that's the only state she's going to have any via, you know, viability. She's, in she's not. She's already given up on the first Super Tuesday, and she's looking at the second Super Tuesday, March tenth. Like she, she has no plans oh, wow. on winning. And the fact that, like, here's the thing: the fact that nobody has dropped out after Nevada coming into the first Super Tuesday means that all the shit libs are going to split the, the fucking the moderate vote again. So there's little tiny slices, and Bernie gets like another fifty percent of the vote. From everybody else, so, right? If, if any of them really cared about stopping Sanders and, and didn't believe they somehow still had a path to victory, they would drop out and be like, "Okay, yeah. J- Joe Biden's got to have a shot here. Otherwise, there's no stopping Sanders." But they all think that they're the one that can get it, so they're all too craven to like take one for the team at this point. And it's just hilarious to watch that their their entire plan of swamping Sanders with so many candidates is completely fucking backfiring because of their own shitty egos. Completely. So, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, they all think that they're going to stay in it till the convention and then get, like, anointed by the superdelegates after, you know, uh, haggling, uh, haggling with all the uh, superdelegates to, you know, win the nomination. They think that that's going to happen. Each one of them thinks that that's a possibility. But when they all stay in the race, all they're doing is keeping everyone at a low enough percentage that none of them are going to have viability other than Bernie and like maybe one other person in each state. Um, but Bernie's going to fucking run away with these states. Now, if they all dropped out, Bernie beats each one of them in a head to head fucking matchup. So they still couldn't beat him. So they're just flailing around like a fucking, you know, uh, monkey with its head cut off right now. And they have no idea what to do because they cannot stop his momentum. They can't do it. And, Right now, it's a matter of, like, I'm sure the party is fucking torn. Tom Perez is probably, you know, uh, fucking loading the pistol as we speak because he has no strategy for stopping Bernie. Like, he can't get them if he can't force them to drop out. It wouldn't matter if they dropped out because he beats them all in head-to-heads. He's most of those people's uh, supporters' second choice. And as it becomes clear that he's the one that can beat Trump and that he's a front-runner, he'll become all their first choice, and then it'll just be an embarrassing... You know, Bernie, 67%, Buttigieg, 4.3%, Warren, 2.5%. Like, that's going to be, by the time, like, if these idiots all hang on, like, that's what we're going to see by the time we get to the second Super Tuesday. And, you know, that's what they deserve. So, fuck them. It really is. It really is. So, you have, um, I think, another clip of, of Joey Reid. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I have a couple sort of, of clips here. this. Do and, we want to do we want to queue up the uh, the the segment music for this? Yeah. So so obviously you know we we've talked a little bit about how <laughs> essentially this is the uh, the hose mad segment. So we'll obviously cue our intro music. So. And and obviously we're not referring just to Joy. Obviously we're going to talk about Chris Matthews here too. But Chris Matthews is is our is the biggest hoe of them all. So <laughs> after he did his little his little Hitler uh, reference there, uh, fire Chris Matthews was trending on Twitter, and I think that we we have the audio of him giving this like just completely bending the knee apology today. Yeah. 
Uh, and this is great just because it's like you, it's not just that, it doesn't even sound like a reluctant apology. It is reluctant, but it's the more thing that's obvious is how much he is like recognizing the power that Bernie Sanders actually has now. Yeah. Sorry, every time I hear Hitler now, I just think of Scarlett Johansson being like, come on, let's go, Shitler. <laughs> Whatever she says. Which is <laughs> <laughs> a fucking great, best line from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Such a good movie. Um, yeah, so here's here's a clip of Chris Matthews. And I think, as you said, it's important that... The importance of this clip is that... It's not that Chris Matthews apologized due to public pressure. Chris Matthews never would have apologized for smearing Bernie Sanders two weeks ago. Like, he's been doing it for five years straight like he's that's all he does is 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 say preposterous things about bernie sanders um bernie has actual power and this is for the first time the people on cable news the simps on cable news are starting to fucking realize that and they're bending the knee and this is this is the biggest indication to me that we've already won is that these people are fucking petrified of bernie because they know he's going to win and they know he's going to be the president. And they know that as the liberal network, quote unquote, they're going to have to be a pro Bernie network for the most part. They'll have their hosts here and there who will make, you know, comments, but they can't do this nonstop 24 seven shit on Bernie uh, nonsense anymore. Yeah, and even still, fucking they still need to have their access. Yeah. So let's, um, they need their let, access. So let's play the clip on that. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll chat some more. Before getting into tonight's news, I want to say something quite important and personal. As I watched the one-sided results of Saturday's Democratic caucus in Nevada, I reached for an historical analogy and used a bad one. I was wrong to refer to an event from the last days, or actually the first days of World War II. Senator Sanders, I'm sorry for comparing anything from that tragic era in which so many suffered, especially the Jewish people, to an electoral result in which you were the well-deserved winner. This is going to be a hard-fought, heated campaign of ideas. In the days and weeks and months ahead, I will strive to do a better job myself of elevating the political discussion. Congratulations, by the way, to you, Senator Sanders, and to your supporters on a tremendous win down in Nevada. Just, just completely fucking cocked. Like, <laughs> it, it just like, <laughs> please, I'm so sorry. Congrat- congratulations, sir. I, 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 it's just like he, he, Chris Matthews is just not there. They must have had a shock collar on him to fucking do that. But like, you know, but that's but that shows you how fucking powerful uh, Bernie is viewed right now in the party like that. The the reason that they're like, you know, that they're doing that. It's not because they like Bernie Sanders. Like they're they're fucking last. I mean, he he still wants to be able to interview Bernie Sanders if he's the president. Obviously, all these people do. Right. And it's just that they didn't think it was possible and they were afraid that it would come true. Right, and they're so convinced from just this this crystal palace they live in of of wealth that they think makes them special that he, Bernie's going to take all of that away, you know, and at best he might take away five percent of that wealth, right? And if that's you know again like you know if I have to go from being extremely wealthy to only very wealthy, I'll kill myself, you know. It's just it's like <laughs> what what the fuck is wrong with you? Let's go back to FDR having a ninety four percent wealth tax. Take all that fucking money, give it back to the people who actually earned it. Um, yep. it earned it's it amazing. Uh, I have just a. a um, eh, I don't really need to read that. Let's let's keep going with the the, the hose mad here uh, yeah. theme for a while. Yeah. Um, so so now here's Joanne Reed, who you know again has, has said heinous things about Bernie Sanders supporters, even though 
you know, back in 2013, she was a Bernie supporter, and it was very clear that she was, you know, paid to have a different opinion, <laughs> or just, you know, had her mind, her brain, brain, you know, taken over by brain worms from from the wealth she was accumulating. But um, she she's been slanderous of Bernie for years now, and especially ramped up during 2016. I mean, I'm sure people remember the fucking that weird tweet about like, oh well, Bernie's like the house guest that moves into your house, like leaves all his shit. Out. Like I forget exactly what it was, but it was. It was just so preposterous and petty and listen to the way she's talking. Um, and you know, she's not the one I would have predicted to come around the soonest, but you know, she is an opportunist. So this is what she had to say on, uh, on, on caucus night. Now it is the Sanders people. And I think that the rest of us that sort of look at politics have underestimated the sheer unadulterated rage, the anger of working class people, especially young people who are living in with three uh, roommates and have a Lyft job and an Uber job and they can't make it. And they're looking at my generation, Gen X, who we could have it all in the Clinton years. And we were living well and our parents and grandparents. And they're like, throw the tables over. They're turning the tables over and they don't care what the potential result is. They're the hungry. And he only had to consolidate them. And the moderates, the sort of mushy moderates, think that they have the luxury of luxuriating on whether they'll have someone who can speak six languages. And, you know, maybe today I want this woman who's from the Midwest. And, you know, maybe I'll go with the vice president. And even African-American older voters, they are like, we're going to go with who we know. No one else is as hungry, angry, enraged, and determined as Sanders voters. Democrats need to sober up and figure out what the hell they're going to do about that. Because if he's the nominee, that's the top of your ticket. That's the top of your ticket for Senate races, House races, gubernatorial, everything. Figure out what you're going to do because that's looking likely. So, I mean, she still gets her little subtle that, like, she's still not fully on board. But, right. you know, it's an actual, uh, uh, you know, the first half of that was an actual, like, uh, prescient piece of analysis. It's shit we've been saying for fucking, you know, the, the entirety of our podcast. But, you know, for her to actually say that, considering how, like, you know, mush brain she's been about Bernie is is pretty remarkable. My problem with it is that I don't think that she gets to be the one to to have the right to call us angry, whether it's no, admitting course. admitting the reason for that anger or not. Um, it's because when I see people who actually are, are organizing and spending, uh, you know, 60, 70 hours a week trying to make sure that no one else has to die for lack of health care, they're not doing that out of anger. They're doing that out of a place of love, right? 100%. And, and yeah. for, for, for Joy and Reed to be that cynical about why he's winning, that it's, it's just, oh, we didn't realize how angry the bros really were. It's, that's just, it sickens me. So I'm glad she's, she's recognizing something different than what is normally piped through her bigoted mouth. But uh, again, it's, it's just, it's, you know, people looked at Obama and they felt that hopey, changey, rearranging feeling, right? And they learned really quickly that he had no real, not much of a record to be vetted, right? And we got hoodwinked, right? It was all, it was all hat, no cattle, as they say in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of Texas research. If you go to our Facebook page right now, there's a, a meme that I didn't make, but I wrote the caption for. I had a lot of fun with that, doing the Texas vernacular, but it was certainly uh, better than Bloomberg's Texas vernacular. Did you see that like weird <laughs> fucking? Um, I forget exactly what what the joke was, but it was some shit. He's like, well, well, you know, uh, uh, like they say in Texas here, uh, what's good for the goose is. I forget exactly what it was. It was some like 
something that they've never said before ever in the history of Texas. It was just right. like. Right, you he just had some intern look it up, but yeah, I I, I lost my train of thought now. Um, but yeah, it's people got, got to see like what a really good used car salesman was with Bernie or with uh, Barack Obama, and then got the rug pulled out from under them and realized there was that he was just going to be Bush two point Barack Obama completely renewed the Bush doctrine uh, from failing to resign Kyoto Accord to. Uh, you know, uh, defending the NSA uh, warrantless surveillance of every American uh, to, you know, prosecuting more whistleblowers than any pre- all of the presidents combined to deporting more um, uh, Latinos, uh, Hispanics than any other president had by like f- quadruple the numbers, uh, bombing five more countries than Bush had been bombing. So just in every way, terrible president, um, you know, drone strike program like quite you know and again quadrupled the number of people that bush was killing with drone strikes obama like literally i think tripled the amount of medicinal marijuana shop raids by the atf mm-hmm. that bush had done so just completely escalated the drug war escalated the border war militarized the border so people are very aware of what rhetoric without a real record real progressive record looks like and then look at bernie sanders and he's saying a lot of the same things but with you know a little more integrity and honesty a little bit older wiser you know marxist uh university professor with his you know loose notes hanging under his arm and everything running from (laughs) class to class uh but then they can look at a record of 45 years of 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 service and now i guess 39 anyway and they look at that and go oh my god he's been talking about the same thing he's been talking about gay rights uh since before ronald reagan knew what gay people were (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right, so it, it's like you can you can see all that, and because we've got the internet, and like literally everybody is on the fucking internet, right? Which which, you know, even in 2016, it wasn't you didn't quite have the 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 media literacy, especially with younger voters. It's still like you know, the, in 2000, if you so what 18, if you're 18 right now, you were 14 the first time Bernie was running, right? And politics probably wasn't a thing you were thinking about a lot. Right. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the only demographic Bernie didn't crush it with in Nevada was people over 65, you know, and, and everybody younger, whether they were a conservative Democrat, moderate Democrat. He won uh, moderates overall. He won moderates 23 to 22, which is self-identified yeah. moderates, which is unbelievable. Yeah. So all these people who still ignore the polling that shows that Bernie's the only Dem who can beat Trump right now, uh, who still are saying he's not electable. Once they start saying socialism, he's going to be destroyed by Trump because they're so. It's just like nobody fucking cares. They've been saying it for five years. Nobody gives a fuck. Like no, no. And and they even they even trotted out their oh Bernie's a Russian asset. They're trying to help him the day before. It didn't make any fucking difference. Like, nobody nope. fucking believes that shit. And then it turned out that, that somebody in the CIA basically said, uh, we actually have no proof of that. Like, really? I, you, well, there goes your career, Mr. Honest CIA guy. Well, and it was in the article. There was no evidence whatsoever. It was like, well, they've been using tactics, but we, we, you know, tactics that are unknown to us at this point. So it's like, oh, so you just made it up and you have no actual evidence that they're doing anything. And you just strategically <laughs> yeah. happen to plant the story in the... Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, who has a $600 million contract with the CIA, the day before the Nevada caucuses, even though it's a month-old story. You know, whatever. Just total, nothing to see here. Just total, total, you know, coincidence. And then they try to say, oh, Bernie knew about it for a month and didn't tell us. It's like, yeah, it was a classified briefing, and he's not allowed to it's tell us. It's literally illegal that's, for him to tell us. <laughs> you, yeah, no. you know what having to be on a security council means? 
And he um, kind of almost did during one of the debates. Like he was like, "Well, you know," and I, I'm just saying, you know, the, we don't know who's like on the other end of these things. Like he, he basically right. alluded to it in one of the debates. So it was like, "Oh, when um, they, um, I love the video of when they told him about it. This article, and oh, he's so like, good. "Oh, let me let me guess, Washington Post, great friends, great friends." <laughs> As he, like, he like walks swagged away. Plan. It was it's great. Yeah. You just watch the video. He like <laughs> he like swagger walks away after dropping that fucking line on him. Um, yeah. It's amazing how much of, of of not a senior citizen Bernie Sanders is, where he it like literally just he's, he's one step ahead of everybody else in the fucking room. I swear. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So, uh, by the way, I looked at that Bloomberg joke uh, that he told in Texas, uh, and this this was his being relatable moment. He says, uh, "Now, if, now, if I were from Texas, I might say that Donald Trump is as scared as a cat in a dog pound." Which is not something that anyone in Texas has ever oh said God. in the history of the state of Texas. Did Amy Klobuchar write that Joe for him? That 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 makes <laughs> that makes Amy Klobuchar look like Mitch Hedberg. Like that fucking joke is just <laughs> atrocious. <laughs> Jesus uh. Christ. Um, but no. So and, and you mentioned you know, Joanne Reed still kind of using that smear, and it's like when you actually see the work that people did on the ground to actually get Bernie elected, it's like that's where you really see why this movement's important so you sent me this clip of this uh young latino organizer who was trying to uh get people who were caucusing for the non-viable candidates to come over to bernie's side and this is her kind of right. plea to them during the caucuses uh, and this is amazing because just just to contextualize this a little yeah, bit yeah. since we can't can't see uh what it looks like it's it's a young uh latino woman um probably mid-20s uh, and she she's standing young. up. She looks like she might be a teen, but yeah. Nah, she, you know, you know, it's just young, but young, melanin. Yeah, um, and there's all these people around her who look very unsure. Like these are the undecideds. They're like they pick somebody who's not viable, and they don't really know. And they're listening to this woman who's very passionate and very articulate talk about why they should switch over to Bernie. And you can see the looks on their faces is, is, is still like really unsure. Like they're like, whoa, this is. They're almost kind of like uncomfortable that here's this person who knows exactly who it is they all should vote for, and they kind of didn't know who to vote for. So that's kind of the, the, the tension of the moment as she's talking. Yeah. Uh, so as it builds up, you kind of get the sense of, like, you're not sure if everyone around her really appreciates what she's saying or not, but just, just listen to what happens as she's talking here. Yeah. When, and in the foreground, there's this woman who's wearing a Biden pin who's the most stereotypical Joe Biden vote. Like, this is the type of woman who would have... Who, who was, like, one of the people on MSNBC calling Barack Obama, like, an uppity Negro during, like, the Hillary Obama primary. Like, one of those, you know, one of the Pumas. So um, she definitely she definitely did not look receptive. But everyone else was definitely looking like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, they, they, they felt the passion that she was, she was bringing forth. Well, we don't know yet. We don't know because we haven't heard it yet. So play it and just judge for yourself based on the reaction, yeah. what people thought. I appreciate everyone coming out to caucus. The reason I'm caucusing for Bernie is because I care about three really big issues. One is climate change, two is immigration reform, comprehensive immigration reform, and three is Medicare for all. I believe that in a society, if we don't take care of everyone, if not everyone has health care, that at the end of the day is a detriment to us as a society. And climate change is also important because I want my kids to grow up Kids to grow up in a world where they can breathe this air. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Young people. And that's 
did look grumpy still like the, the the foreground lady but everyone else was clapping and like you know she looked uncomfortable just because she was sitting so close to where the, the young woman stood up and was talking she was kind of like just didn't like the personal space thing and i can understand that because i you know people get too much in my my area but yeah i didn't expect everyone to start applauding at the end like that because no, everybody yeah. everybody everybody you can see looks sort of confused or sour you know <laughs> and then when everyone starts clapping you're like holy shit that this is that's how you win by being that impassioned, you know, by allowing yourself to feel something, uh, you know, not just anger, but, you know, real reverence for somebody who's actually trying to make a difference for so many people, right? That is how you win people over and win in landslide numbers like Bernie did in Nevada. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's the real face of Bernie's movement. It's not some angry, you know, white bro like, like they fucking say all the time on cable news. And and that's, that talking point's going to die because... It's going to become undeniable. I mean, Bernie Sanders, like I said, won 72% of Latino uh, voters in Nevada. I mean, and in South Carolina, if he wins, he's going to probably win a sizable uh, percentage of black voters in, in South Carolina um, in, order, in order to do that. So, um, You've heard in that, that uh, Chuck Roca video uh, this morning you shared with me, but the, he mentioned the fact that uh, 80% of their campaign staff in South Carolina for Bernie is black. Which yeah. is like that. And they've been there I mean, for eight months or something, you said. That's right. Right. And it's just, you know, when you show up the last two weeks and go to like the big churches and say, oh, hey, we're, you know, like that doesn't work with people when you're trying to build a movement. That'll, that'll convince a few people that didn't pay attention the last second, right? No, but, but most people see right through that shit. Yeah. Yeah. When you've been organizing for months uh, and it's like, hey, what do, you, what do you want our campaign to be about? What's you know what's going on here that that we need to be aware of, and to to craft our campaign around, like that's not pandering. That's like we want you to be the campaign with us. So yeah, I mean I, I don't see how you could possibly lose there unless you know Biden really somehow pulls it off his ass. But there was Biden, a Biden basically camps inside of a black church for like a month in two thousand eight you know, 1988 and, and 20, and 20, uh, 2020. And apparently like that somehow, like he thinks that that's going to convince voters that he actually gives a fuck about the black community. Meanwhile, he's making up more stories about how he fucking got arrested in South Africa or some shit. Oh now, my God, Do you yeah. see that? I, 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 I just, I can't even give my energy to follow these Biden stories anymore. Cause he's such a non factor, but like if a, if a U.S. Congress sitting U S congressman had been arrested Outside the country, that would have been international news. I don't yeah, know if Joe Biden is aware of that. <laughs> it's, it's like that would have been, incident. yeah, it would have been a dil- diplomatic nightmare uh, for everything. You know, even if it was for like a protest where it was just a symbolic arrest and everything, like that would just never. I don't know. I don't know where his mind is, or if it ever was there. Uh, with as many times <laughs> he's made up lies, plagiarized other people, done it repeatedly. Um, you know what? This is. 
Reagan did this a lot. Like, and and I almost you know I don't want to like diagnose him, but Reagan towards the end of his term started telling stories as if they happened to him or as if they were told to him by like soldiers. But he would just be reciting the plot to a movie, like that he was in, or eventually got to the point where he was reciting plots of movies that he's seen that he wasn't in. And I almost wonder if that's kind of the case for Biden, where he's he's not lying; he's just genuinely like his cognition is so bad that he's right. His his brain thinks that those are actual things that happen. I guarantee, if that was true about Reagan, it's because he would sit around and watch his own movies. Which is something like no normal actor does. Like, no. I guarantee Brad Pitt has never watched a movie he's been in, ever. He has no idea. You, what you, <laughs> fuck. He just does, like he's he's like I'm gonna keep. I'm too busy doing shit to go back and yeah. watch. They the see final it at the product. premiere and that's it. Like Adam, Adam Driver actually walked out of an interview where they tried to play him a scene from Marriage Story because he hates watching himself act so much. Yeah, like that, which is yeah. like I haven't even watched it and I don't really I don't care to because Blue Valentine is one of my favorite movies and like I, everything I've saw about. Uh, Mary's story, I was like, that just looks like a watered-down, more, you know, uh, affluent actor version of this much better (laughs) film. Blue Valentine is, like, hands down the most realistic portrayal of a relationship falling apart. Uh, It's gut-wrenching, if you haven't seen that. Uh, Michelle Williams and Ryan Ryan Gosling. Um, So I had one little other piece here. We didn't really get a point to fit it in, but sort of the, the, the theme of... Uh, a lot of these WAPO New York Times writers that have been uh, bashing Bernie have now kind of seen the writing on the wall, and they know it's looking more and more like an inevitability that Bernie's going to be the president. But now they have to kind of like get their last licks in while they still can, you know, and kind of be like, well, we're the, we're the, you know, the vanguard of, of getting into this club that you've always been on the outside of. So here's a few things you might need to be aware of, Bernie. So uh, this, is, this is a guy named uh, David... Leon Hardt, H-A-R-D-T. I never know how to pronounce that. Is it is it hard or is it heart? I don't know which. Leon it's probably Hard. It's probably hard, but whatever. Anyway, um, silent, the, yeah. the title is Bernie Sanders is making a big mistake. It has to do with respect. So already you know, like there's, this is a fucking thing he made up out of nowhere, uh-huh. right? Uh, okay, so uh, Sanders once won over blue collar Vermonters with help from a moderate position on guns. He was also once an heir to organized labor skepticism on large-scale immigration. Now, though, Sanders has evidently decided that progressives will no longer accept impurities or even much tactical vagueness, implying (laughs) that, like, in order to be tactical, you're supposed to be vague sometimes, which apparently is all Liz Warren knows how to do. Uh, Sanders has embraced policies that are popular on the left and nowhere else. So once again, here's a list of things that only leftists care about, and nobody else does. Ready? A ban on fracking. The decriminalization of border crossings. The provision of federal health benefits to undocumented immigrants. The elimination of private health insurance. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, there was another article just like this a few weeks ago I read where the guy read off this list of all these things that he is convinced that nobody in America likes, despite all the polling that shows contradictory evidence of that. But actual uh, evidence. Yeah, so he, go- he goes on here. Uh, and we read the polling numbers on that show, too. Uh, he goes on, I, I understand the progressive arguments on these issues, but turning every compromise into an existential moral, moral failing is not a smart way to practice politics. It comforts the persuaded while uh, alienating the persuadable. 
It, like, no, it doesn't, for one. Like, that's no. just And stupid. if you're alienated by, by him fighting for, for health care for everybody and things like that, then you deserve no. to be fucking alienated because you're a piece of shit. Like, if you don't think I that... I actually... I imagined, like... That, yeah, when I read it in my head, I, I read it in, like, such, like, a hoity, uh, bourgeoisie fashion that in my head I read it as persuaded instead of persuaded. <laughs> it comforts the persuaded while alienating the persuadable. Uh, and he, he, can, he continues on trying to make, make it sound like Bernie doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, FDR and Reagan understood this, as did Abraham Lincoln and many great, great social reformers, including Frederick, uh, Frederick Douglass, Jane Addams, Martin Luther King Jr., and Cesar Chavez. Strong political movements can accept impurity on individual issues in the service of a larger goal. Winning. So he literally is, is offended that Bernie uh, is winning without compromising. Because in his mind, in order to win, you should have to compromise. Which, again, what do you, you know, it's, it's like the, the Thanos meme. Uh, did, you, did you win? Yes. What did it cost you? Everything. It's like, well, then you didn't fucking win anything. <laughs> you didn't win a thing. So he ends here. Uh, this, is, this is where he really tells on himself. Because um, we already mentioned, like, the list of things he didn't, he didn't like that Bernie uh, was, was um, doing well on. Uh, so he, he concludes, Bernie, uh, oh, I'm sorry, beating Trump in November will be hard. Uh, uncomfortable compromises will make him winning more likely. For Sanders, that may mean walking back his positions on fracking, which threatens his chances in must-win Pennsylvania. What the so, fuck is wrong with this person? I looked How up do you this guy. Say that? Like I looked up this guy, David Leonhardt, Leonhard, uh, and I just typed his name in in fracking. And this guy's like written his concern that fracking will go away as a uh, a, a, a transitional fuel between coal and solar and wind. At least a dozen times in the last year. Uh, Gee, he, I wonder why. So, yeah, and I tried to like look at like where is he his funding, or he doesn't. Nothing was like a smoking gun to any fossil fuel uh, company per se. Obviously, he loves fracking. Future, future yeah, uh, yeah, padding. exactly. But like he's he's written for like every business section of every major newspaper his whole life, right? And acknowledges climate change is terrible. That's why we need the transitional fuel. It's like, what What do we need the, the fucking transitional fuel? We have solar and wind now. We don't need another fucking transit. Like, we've got it right now. And I bet you his personal portfolio is 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 very heavily S- invested stocks. in, yeah. in, in, yeah, in yeah. fossil, in fracking companies. But just what a piece of shit. Another thing today from, from Washington Post. Did you see this fucking opinion piece? How Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders both reject the reality of climate change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is, I gotta read, I just gotta read the first couple sentences of this. Just the mental pretzels that Fred Hyatt twists himself into to, to, to write that fucking head. You know, he wrote that headline and then tried to make the fucking body of the article fit. Like, that's, that's how these idiots and hacks come up with this shit. Um, the survival of our planet as we know it is in danger. We have at hand a bipartisan, rigorous plan to address that danger. And now it is more than possible that we'll, that we will end up with two presidential candidates who reject that plan in favor of two varieties of utter unseriousness. Now I'm going to read the rest, but what what bipartisan rigorous plan is he fucking talking about? Because I haven't heard a single plan that's supported by Republicans and Democrats that you know other than the Green New Deal, which is the plan that Bernie Sanders is supporting. But like, wh- he's he's talking about a fictional fantasy fucking plan. Like they talk about Bernie being you know, unicorn candidate. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, there's no... Yeah, so... Uh, the fir- 
The first in denialism uh, is the denialism of President Donald Trump. He either believes or cynically pretends to believe that climate change is not a threat. His administration has gravely aggravated the threat, for example, uh, recklessly relaxing regulation on the super warming gas uh, methane. The second version uh, is the fantasy extremism of Senator Bernie Sanders. He would prosecute oil executives, quote, for the destruction they have knowingly caused, <laughs> and in parentheses, he, quote, welcomes their hatred, uh, and phase out carbon nu uh, neutral nuclear power. The Vermont Independent would ban fracking of natural gas, which is, if you control the methane emissions, a useful transitional fuel from dirty coal to clean wind and solar. So another fucking moron who thinks that somehow... Uh, fracking is this wonderful pseudo green fucking transition fuel. By the way, you can't control the methane. That's part of the fucking production of the fracking get the frack gas. Like you can't. That, that's part of the fucking byproduct of extracting it is that you release tons of fucking methane into the air. So it's literally impossible. They're talking about like carbon capture fucking sci-fi bullshit that doesn't actually work. Like the no, it doesn't work. We talked about uh, a couple months ago. I think there was a um, methane leak of like something like. Uh, 600 million cubic tons of methane in Ohio that n never even got reported because the, the drilling operations don't even look for it because it's odorless and colorless and unless you have like a FLIR camera, you can't see it. It actually showed up yeah. on a European climate change satellite that happened to be pointed at Ohio. That's how much there was at it. Like that's a, that, that showed up on a satellite image. Right. Right. How much of so the the, the, this this fantasy. If anyone's got the fantasy, it's these people that think that oh, if you just you know put a <clears throat> a balloon around the the butt of the cow on the farm, you can trap all that <laughs> methane. Like okay, let's just think of like even more obscene ways to humiliate animals in our pursuit of money. Um, no, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, and I knew that like I I tried to actually read the whole article and I tried to open it on like four different web browsers trying to get past their paywall. Couldn't do it, and I was like, "All right, well, it's probably garbage anyway." And and sure enough, it, when I finally did get to see a screenshot, it was exactly what I knew it would be: that oh, Bernie's a climate denialist because he actually understands the problem and wants to do the things that would be <laughs> needed to, to solve it, uh, and, and wants to hold people accountable for killing the planet, which is just ridiculous. You climate denier, Bernie Sanders. It, I mean, th this is unreal. This is, they let him run that fucking headline. Unreal. <laughs> it's just. It's it's. I don't know. I I just I. I can't even. <laughs> yeah. So and and uh, so I haven't actually watched this clip yet, but this is the last um, thing I want to uh, uh, last clip I want to play for the night. But it's apparently this was Bernie during the town hall just now uh, with Chris Cuomo when he asked him for how he, the the you know <laughs> the the typical refrain of how you're going to pay for that. Uh, apparently he provided him with a physical receipt. So I don't know if the the audio of this is actually funny, but let's let's play the audio and uh, see what he said. <laughs> I'm going to give this to you. I, I thought that question might come up. All right, here it is. This is a list which will be on our website tonight of how we pay for every program that we have developed. Oh, shit. But let me give you, let me give you some examples. Okay. So that, that, was, that was the whole clip. But yeah, he actually literally handed him a list. It's like, shut the fuck up, Chris Cuomo. You, I've said it a thousand times. You're not going to listen. I'll give it to you on a piece of paper. <laughs> um, that's great, though. That's great of, of the campaign to do that. So we'll, we'll see. You know, well, I mean, uh, every we'll every one of his programs saves money that we can spend on another new program, right? Like, think how much money we won't be spending if we're no longer incarcerating people for marijuana possession. You're, I mean, you know how much money it costs to incarcerate somebody. If like you could put them in through college for cheaper, you could house them for cheaper. 
right? And then they're like, oh, you're going to pay for giving people health care. Well, we're going to tax the fucking rich people. We're not going to keep wasting money on fucking Pentagon bullshit the way we do now. Um, we're not going to keep throwing money away on militarizing the border. We're, we're going to shut down these fucking immigration detention gulags, right? Like, all that shit is going to save fucking money, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Fucking morons. Unbelievable fucking morons. Fucking Fredo. <clears throat> It's really these idiots are all going to bend the knee eventually, you know. And one of the things I keep seeing the praises of uh, Yahoo News political reporting is that they keep interviewing regular people who are at these these caucus sites rather than just oh, what's this? What's you know, uh, Politico? Their favorite person to interview is a unnamed uh, bundler for the Democratic Party. Bundler being large um, donor bundler, right? Yeah, Uh, and. Just you know, the like the the guy a year and a half ago that was like, well, it's not uh, Bernie's army anymore; it's Beto's army. He's going to corral the youth vote. It's like you can't possibly believe that's true. And of course, they know it's not true. They're trying to get they're trying to say ridiculous shit to get it out there for the Hill and Politico, in the hopes of generating that enthusiasm that they know doesn't exist. Right. So um, there's a post little uh, what I call post mortem here uh, entitled "After Sanders' victory in Nevada, rivals insist." They're still in the running. And there's a bunch of quotes from like Warren and Biden <laughs> claim, like trying to get away from the press as they run away to the next state and claim that, you know, oh, we're still feeling great, which we know isn't true. But the article goes down and interviews a bunch of people that were that were there at the Nevada caucus on the day. Uh, and, and just to show you like the range of, of, of the names and the ages here is, is great. Uh, quote, it's Bernie or bust, end quote, said Michelle Diaz, 38, who showed up at 9 a.m., so that's one quote. Diaz, we're assuming Chaz, you know, some uh, Latin in her. Uh, first time caucus scorer Eugenia Cooper, 36, said she was supporting Sanders because of his support for Medicare for all. Quote, I was born in England where they have national health care. We need that. End quote. Like very simple. Like just, <laughs> you know, not like, yeah. well, I think that we should, you know, it's just we need it. End of story. There's no, there's no, you know, the, the, the impurities or whatever the fuck purity tests. It's, it's just, no, we need that. That's, there's no middle ground. And this is my favorite quote here. Um, quote, we need a pit bull, not a moderate end quote. Uh, Jennifer Lawson, 65, age 65 told Yahoo news. I love this quote. There's nothing moderate about what Trump is doing. I don't want a moderate. Keep in mind, 65 years old. I don't want a moderate. And if you haven't made up your mind at this point with what's going on, I feel for you. My husband's being told to go back to Mexico, and he's not from Mexico. He's from here. (laughs) Bernie, Bernie, I see him as a pit bull. I don't think he's going to bring roses to a street fight. He's going to bring gloves, end quote. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. Love that quote. So props props to her. Jennifer awesome. Lawson, age 65, caucus goer, and props to Yahoo News for putting quotes like that out props there. Props to us. that boomer, too, who, who interrupted the, the Mike Bloomberg speech and stole his mic. Did you see that last week? I, I, I don't remember her name, but she was fucking great. She I, jumped on stage and called him an oligarch and said what he's doing is disgusting. And all this I heard shit. about it. I don't think I've watched the clip, though. It was but. great, yeah. So, there, you know, there's a lot, a lot of solidarity with the, with the boomers who actually know what's going on, I, you know. Talk to your friends. I don't know what the fuck's going on with them, but, hey, but you know, you guys are You're a 65 cool. year old rebel. That's how you avoid becoming a boomer, right? Like yeah, that, that yeah. shit keeps you young forever. 
you're one of us. You're not a yeah. Boomer's a mindset. Pete Buttigieg is a boomer. He's 32 years old. Like we're one in the same. You know, one of the same. Yeah. Solidarity with our our elder rebels. Definitely. And so just, you know, to close out, I wanted to read off the latest uh, morning consult national poll because holy shit, uh, Bernie's running away with this thing. So post Nevada, uh, here's pre Nevada debate. Bernie was in the lead nationally, 28 percent. Bloomberg at 20 percent. Biden at 19. Buttigieg at 12. Post Nevada caucuses, Bernie is at 32 percent to michael bloomberg's 19 percent joe biden's 18 percent buddha judge 11 percent mm. um mm. fucking just sweet music to my ears uh and you know what that really means realistically obviously national polls are, are you know good overall for a good overall look at the race they're not as indicative of where things are you know it's better to look at state by state polls and figure out who's going to win each state but the fact that he's winning that big nationally means that you know when you when you average out all the states theoretically the only three viable candidates would be bloomberg biden and bernie and bernie is is you know uh, a solid 13 points up on michael bloomberg which means that he should if things shake out the way they're they're looking to after this easily hit, you're you know barely but but comfortably cross that 19,000 or 1900 delegate threshold 1990 i think it is delegate threshold um to clinch the nomination on the first ballot and then which all they this can't machination. fuck with that's yeah. that's uh, unlike literally unless they they take the rules committee and say oh we've now decided that the superdelegates are in play on the first ballot which of course would cause mass rioting in the streets if they did that uh if if bernie has that that's it that's i think i think i think people like there are people in the party who wouldn't even go along with that. I think they would need it. And like even shit libs wouldn't go along with that. Cause they would know what that would do long-term to their job prospects. Like, I think there's uh, the, the great thing that he's done uh, other than obviously unite the base of the party uh, behind this working class populist, um, diverse movement is actually fracture and splinter the moderates because you see a lot of them in the, Oh, we got to figure out what to do to stop Bernie. But a lot of them are already fucking given up and 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 bending the knee. So like, I think there's a lot of them who would wouldn't even go along with that at this point. Even one, even like shit libs who hate him, understand what a fundamentally disastrous thing that would be for the Democratic Party and for their long term you know prospects. Well, if, and if, and if any that. of them are party loyalists and they're like, okay, we've got to figure out how to start spinning this so we don't lose all these down ballot races, which I don't think they would in the first place. Like if you just run people with integrity, uh, you know, and speak to our, our you know, what, what's the what's the mutual uh, aid between working class Nevada and working class New Hampshire? You know, it's it's fundamentally not that much different if you're yeah. You know, service worker on Las Vegas, you know, Bellagio, uh, or your, you know, postal carrier in a rural route in, in, in Vermont or New Hampshire, like you, you, you worried about the same shit, worried about your kids, yeah. worried about college, worried about healthcare, worried about your wages, worried about the price of housing. Right. So if you can't run someone who can speak to those things the same way Bernie Sanders can, I mean, you know, Bernie's close to perfect. Not everyone is, but if you can have a, a Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashid Tlaib, uh, you know, even to some degree, Ro Khanna, though he has his moments where I'm just like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, it's there's no reason why you can't uh, lift up all those down ballot races in places that are 
all over the country. There's no reason you can't. And the, you know, and the, the the joke I saw a great uh, meme today it was like a it was like those old um, uh, demotivational poster memes from like the you know ten twenty fifteen years ago were really mm-hmm. popular, and it was like just you know one image and then the headline and then the tagline, and it was just a picture two handshaking, and it said consulting, because if you're not part of the solution, there's good money in preventing a, <laughs> preventing the solution from happening, <laughs> something like that. Or per, oh no, no, it was. Um, nice. If you're not part of the solution, there's good money in prolonging the problem. <laughs> That's what <laughs> nice. it was. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, yeah, why can't 100%. you be a, a Chuck Roca where you're a consultant for good instead of evil? Like, wh- why not? Why can't you be that thing? They're just so afraid of doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because well, all they know is corruption. So like they, they worry uh, rightfully that they have no skill set outside of, you know, vacuuming up hoovering up fucking corporate money and and distributing it to their candidates so uh i think they a lot of them realize they will be out of a job and they fucking deserve to be out of a job go go fucking drive a drive a lift and see if you still want to advocate advocate for these fucking billionaires who are you know screwing over these service workers and these gig workers like right you know Go compete and, and, on that fucking job market and see how you and do. This is it is such a Hallmark card holiday story of like the, the the fucking asshole that finally sees the light. Go fucking watch the movie Scrooge with Bill Murray for Christ's sake, and <laughs> just let that movie like infect your fucking putrid heart, you fucking lobbyist scumbags. Like you can do it. I know there's still good in some of you people out there. These are the people that watch Christmas Carol and think that Scrooge wasn't that bad. <laughs> Remember that that article about like, oh well, Scrooge didn't treat Bob Cratchit that bad. He had a salary. He had a turkey dinner at Christmas. <laughs> like, oh my god! These oh fucking god. maniacs, fucking assholes. So you know, <sighs> there's no hope for um, Pete Buttigieg. So no, if you're that no, far gone, there's no. no coming back for that. I'm gonna take so you much just... pleasure in his fucking cratering and eventual bowing out. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. All right, well. if, if Amy doesn't, like, slice his throat with a comb in the next debate, we'll see. Um, which is tomorrow, I think, actually. Uh, so we will, um, we'll be covering that on this week's is, episode. I thought it was Wednesday. Or it, might be, it might be Wednesday. Uh, no, you know, yeah. town halls are tomorrow, then the things, yeah. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. Um, no, 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 the debates are tomorrow, then the other town halls are Wednesday, I think. Oh, man. Or Bloomberg's town. Well, in any event, <laughs> we'll be talking about all this shit on uh, Thursday. Uh, there'll be plenty of it to talk about, because we're... Oh. I got one last little bit here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So just sort of mocking the idea of like all the people that have been trying to find this, this mystery oppo research on Bernie. Um, Somebody posted old video because, you know, when he was mayor of Burlington, he was doing this cable access show. And we, we talked about how, you know, there was that famous clip of him talking to the two punks in the mall. Right. And they're, they're discussing like communism versus capitalism. And, you know, how if they got rid of the authoritarianism, the communism would actually be really great. And somebody found one of those two punks, uh, you know, decades later and, and, you know, showed him the clip. And he's like, I would love to meet Bernie now. I love him. He's great. Um, somebody posted a clip of Bernie and he's, he's, he's out with like 200 uh, city workers planting trees. And they planted like 200 trees in one day. And he's like, just think of all you, what you could do with all this, all this labor to beautify your city. And the person tweeted a long caption with it. They said, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to everyone doing Bernie's Apple research who are uh, combing through hours and hours of heartwarming stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> just burning out planting trees, just being like, God, can't get him. He can't keep getting away bitch. with this. <laughs> Oh, God damn. Oh, and you know, real quick, I wanted to mention, 
there, there was this big kerfuffle on online with TYT and in real life, but you know we we found out about it on Twitter first uh, with TYT because the uh, production crew of TYT decided to unionize. Um, and, uh, rather than recognize the union, Jank basically, uh, went on the war path and like held a meeting and tried to intimidate people. And they're trying to get them to use a secret ballot voting, which, you know, is basically designed to trick people. It makes it sound like, oh yeah, sure. Great. Secret ballots. And nobody knows how it is, but it's actually observed by, you know, other people at the company. And it's, it's not really that secret. And it's, it's a union busting move because it actually puts, the heat on people to to you know vote in front of other people versus what they actually did was you know they they were using card check they basically all you know signed these cards and only the union organizer um knows who voted which way but they had enough of a majority to pass it uh through card check and what you know bernie is actually has a, a, a policy proposal where if 50 percent plus one of, of any company's uh, laborers decide to uh, vote for a union to unionize through card check, then they automatically have a union. And so, you know, if TYT supposedly fucking supports Bernie Sanders and supports the principles that they've been claiming to support for all these years, they would just recognize the union and be done with it. But instead, Jank went on this fucking tirade about how IATSE, which is one of the biggest unions in the in the world, especially for you know the you know behind the scenes workers, um, it's not like they had a huge choice in terms of which union they would join. But this na- the national IATSE uh, union is has endorsed his opponent in his fucking congressional race. So he's he's basically trying to spin it as oh they're you know they're they're using this to try to smear me and they're. De- so you know what would have been a really great way to counteract that is to just recognize that your employees uh, wanted to form a union and recognize the union, and you wouldn't have to worry about them smearing you, you fucking fat turd. But like he right. just he he's he's a fucking Republican at his, at his core. Like he's a capitalist to his bones. That's why he keeps defending Liz Warren. The, 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 if if Tyt was the fucking home of progressives, like he always likes to claim, that whole fucking staff, hosts included, would have been unionized ten years ago. They've been on the air for 15 fucking years. They're only trying to unionize 25 out of a total of 65 people that worked there. This is yeah, just, just the, the back a small, the people. A small number. Because um, uh, they have, like a lot of operations, they have a lot of volunteers. They have a lot of people that just aren't paid at all, which, you know, understandably, they're they're not a huge corporation, but they're still a business. Now, if 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 Jenk was running this as a, uh, you know, as a, uh, a non-profit, or an NGO or independent, something. I would understand, you know, Democracy Now! is not unionized. Most of their, what they have, the paid positions are fellowships. So they are, they are by design, short term, like we're talking a year to two years, um, but it is paid. Now that takes a lot of money and they still have also internships, apprenticeships, right? Uh, but they are not unionized, but they're not run as a business. They are run as a nonprofit, right? So if 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 Jenk was not trying to run TYT as a business, I might give him more slack, but he is. He's like, I want to make this a profitable business. Well, if you want to make a profit, first you have to make sure that everyone can afford to live their lives who works there, right? FDR said, if you can't pay people a living wage, you don't deserve to be in business, flat right. out. So if he's like, well, we struggle to make a profit, well, then reorganize, restructure it. The thing is, he wants to be the, you know, puffing a cigar, hanging out with the rich guys. He wants to be Dalton Trumbull, where a Trumbo, where hey, you talk like a radical, but you live like a rich guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, 
I would I would say uh, you know, Dalton has way more integrity than Jake Unger. No, hundred uh, percent. But there's still there's no reason to oppose this. It's not as though if you automatically join a union and suddenly you have a contract that says, oh, we all get paid uh, as much as the boss, and now the company doesn't have enough money to just stay afloat. No, that's the negotiating. You come to a reasonable agreement about what you can pay people, and honestly, you might still be union and only make 13 bucks an hour. That's, that's a real possibility if they decide, well, that's the most we can afford to pay all of you. Yeah, it's part but, of your negotiations. But, but you have the representation, as a, as a union, you have the solidarity there. If you have grievances, you have an organization behind you to address them instead of everyone being on their own. So for him, to, for Jake Unger to oppose that tells me everything I've always suspected about that guy. He's telling on himself. Uh, he does not give a shit about the things he preaches. For him, it is just a pedestal to more money and more power. And he really does think that he can still, you know, be the head of this news organization or media organization and run for Congress and thinks they're still going to be, you know, at his beck and call every day, which they they have made clear they don't want to do. But I've already seen them just running his ads for free on their show. Right. So we know that's not true. They wouldn't do. And, you know, uh, apparently, like, there's a HuffPost article about it where people from the staff, you know, talk to them. And, like, apparently at the meeting, he, like, went he he fucking went on a tirade and he threw his papers on the ground. And, like, someone, like, laughed or or something. And he, like, was like, oh, yeah, it'll be real funny, you know, in in a couple months or something like that. He was just a a bloviating fucking asshole. Like, it's just like this is this is the behavior of a union buster. And if you're defending TYT because you were fucking radicalized by TYT or whatever definition you want to use and you and you're just reflexively uh defending TYT you need to fucking look at this and you know wake the fuck up and realize that he's not telling the truth he is completely using union busting tactics and you know it, it it's it's you're 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 engaging in cognitive dissonance if you claim to support just the, a, the policies a, of Bernie and like the labor movement but you're defending the shit that Jenks doing. Every fucking worker has a right to a union. And if you're defending the bosses who are saying that, oh, well, we, you know, can't afford unionize, you should fucking look at yourself and look at what you're defending. And just on a personal level, yeah. him throwing a temper tantrum and throwing his papers on the ground. I mean, he's, he's fucking, he's a huge dude. He's like, you know, his fucking neck's wider than his shoulder somehow. And when a guy that is that big starts shouting at people and throwing a tantrum, that's designed to intimidate people. That's that's an implied level of of he, I could get more violent than this, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's it's just it's throwing a temper tantrum. It's being childish, but it's fucking toxic behavior. It doesn't belong in any kind of personal relationship. It definitely doesn't belong in a place of work. That's completely inappropriate. So yeah, I mean, if you need something else to watch, if you just watch it because oh, there's nothing better on. There are definitely better things on. We're only a you know, once or twice a week podcast, but you're clearly listening to us. Democracy Now! Uh, not as entertainment-driven. It's, it's actual journalism. But you're going to hear people actually who are experts and people that are on the front lines get interviewed the way you don't get to on TYT. Yeah. Um, Crystal Ball does a fucking better job lately. Like, Rising yeah. has been a really good show. They have good guests on. They have Chuck Roke on. They have, like... You know, they actually talk to people on the ground, and she's she co-hosts it with a, a Republican, but he's a populist Republican who doesn't 
uh, you know, he, I couldn't he understands the. I couldn't even. I tell couldn't that either. because he understands <laughs> the power of Bernie's movement, and he doesn't shit talk him because he knows that he's a real fucking threat to the Republicans, and he's trying to get the Republicans to be more like Bernie. Like right. he he understands the power of that. So like they're you know for whatever you say about them, they're not bullshitters, and like they have, you know, they do much. Ba- and and again, I you know I think Anna's been doing a really good job since she's taken over kind of editorial duties, but. I, the company at the end of the day is still run by Jenkin. His, you yeah. know, it, it's just I, I can't in good faith support well, them. She's, she's got editorial control. I don't think they can just kick him out. Um, I mean, they have a board, right? They have a board, but I'm sure the board is just as capitalist and anti-union as he is. Well, and that's the other thing that he he's crying poverty. They've taken venture capital money. They took twenty million dollars from fucking hillary clinton mega donor jeffrey katzenberg you know oh, the fucking right. founder yeah. of dreamworks like where's all taken, that money going <laughs> you know I, that's it's a great question uh, you, you know, can't pay, pay people enough for have a f- fucking studio apartment in los where Angeles? the money for that t- that climate town hall they fundraised a uh, fucking five hundred thousand dollars for or whatever it was where'd that go because they didn't have a climate town hall with the candidates or the two million I, they fundraised to have an investigative journalism apartment that never occurred. They, they <laughs> fired like most of them. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Just, just total bullshit. You it's know? just one thing yeah. after another, and I, I think just you know, if there's a reason to still tune in, it'll be because I hope these people get their get their you know get their union, get their contract, and have a lot more say over the way things are run there. But I mean, it's been 18 years, and this is still as far as they've come. Is yeah. is union busting and basically just being a mouthpiece for a guy running for Congress who uh, his his progressive laurels are questionable, highly questionable at best, and completely fraudulent at worst. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred um, percent. And I'm sure we're gonna get tweeted after this, but I don't really give a fuck. I mean, you should think about. Oh, what we're I saying. doubt it. We're we're pretty cohesive in our our. <laughs> criticisms um you know and i watched the fucking show enough to know i'm not just no, like oh I, I, they're yeah, I've, I've been they're a, i've been a member on and off like for multiple years like i it's not a i'm not a fucking tyt hater like i really am not but i just yeah. can't in good conscience keep ignoring all of these massive red flags about the way that jank runs this company and it is a fucking company it's again it's not it's a for-profit company so you know it's just yeah no i can't keep ignoring those red flags and if you can maybe you should you know, think about the cognitive dissonance you're engaging in <clears throat> and why you're doing that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it, basically. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, this is obviously a special episode, but we basically did a, did a full-length regular episode. Um, but we'll be, we'll be back on Thursday because there's going to be a lot more to talk about with the town halls and the fucking... Yeah, every, everything's happening this week. Saturday is the South Carolina primary. Uh, Tuesday, so three days later is super tuesday so we are fucking right in it this week like in the next in the next what what's today today is monday in the next eight days we might know who our next pre- who our next uh, democratic nominee for president of the united states is and it's looking real fucking good knock on wood now. nobody knock on um wood. yeah uh, did you see that the rally he did in austin outdoors Oh, the massive like twelve thousand or fifteen thousand. Yeah, and it's there's there wasn't like a parking lot, elevator parking lot, like a block away with a direct view, you know. But it's still it's like it's Texas, so you got fucking sharp. It was in like a big galore. like cow field. Yeah, it was definitely like there was there was no other buildings anywhere close to where he was standing. Nobody could have a, a an easy shot 
But still, these are things you worry about when somebody gets closer and closer that that somebody uh, with a long range rifle and a scope on it could, you know. But well, I mean, he, he, you know, he's a humble guy, and I think he 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 eschews a lot of social security, uh, social security, social, uh, what the a secret service. God, I can't get my fucking acronyms right. Secret service detail. Uh, he seems to like not, you know, because you can request as much as you want. I think when you're running for president. Uh, there was that video somebody posted the other day of like them like booping him on the fucking head with that foam finger. That guy was not a Bernie supporter. That guy was like a right wing troll apparently. That that did that to him, and he got that close to him. Like that's fucking worrisome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, McKinley, who was uh, shot and killed by an anarchist in the year 1900, uh, also eschewed security. Um, because he believed that he was so popular that nobody would ever do, want to do him harm. Oh, God. Now, I don't, uh, I don't think that Bernie thinks that way, but clearly he doesn't want to have a line of goons between him and the public. I get no, that. No, he, 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 it's, yeah, it's a bad look. But, dude, like, when you're going place to place, just please, for the fuck, for our sake. Or, like, when he's on stage, like, the fact that, like, nobody jumps in, like, when people jump on stage, like, I, you know, I'm sure they're there, but, like, like they should be more you know, diligent about shit like that. Cause all it takes <laughs> right. three seconds, you know, right. What one day it's some, like some, you know, woman with her tits out pouring milk on herself and her blood on herself. And another day it's, uh, you know, someone trying to fucking stab you with like a, a arsenic needle or oh, something. Like just there was, gotta the, be careful. The, the, um, there's like an old elevated, uh, rails to trails bike path in my neighborhood or connects several neighborhoods. And, uh, I ride it, most days just to get from where I need to go because it's great. You don't have to ride on the streets. You're up above everything. Um, and somebody got stabbed on it today. Oh, fuck. And it, middle of the afternoon, somebody riding their bike, 30 years old. Someone jumped them, knocked them down, just hopped on top of them and started stabbing away. And there was a picture on it in the news. And they apparently hauled the guy off to, to, to the hospital already. But there's like giant pools of blood all over the Oof. bike path. And I'm like, you usually don't show that much blood if there is like a, a crime scene like that. Yeah. I was really amazed that they were showing that much in the in the news. Um, and you know, no idea if it was random. I mean, maybe it was a robbery. Who knows? But that, like, whenever I'm riding my bike around, I feel like okay, I'm looking out for like little, you know, dogs and little kids to make sure I don't, they don't like walk into my path and I knock them over. I'm not looking for someone to like jump out of the bushes with a knife and start hacking to be pieces. Right. So <laughs> but now you will like, be a little bit in your, uh, back of yeah, your head. Yeah. I mean, I, I need to figure cause I've gotten like a little mini crowbar I got at the dollar store. Right. But it doesn't have much of a reach on it. So now I'm thinking like, do I need to have like a little baton, like one of those collapsible batons that, you know, the British cops have and just like, <laughs> whack, yeah, fucking, you, you, just yeah. Nancy Kerrigan, someone right in the fucking <laughs> knee with that shit. They come at me with a knife, just like, Oh fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> so, fucking shillelagh or something like that i mean you know whatever um but yeah so i you know just very worrisome but please please protect yourself bernie and if you if you and if you know somebody on the campaign hey they, they gotta they gotta force them to take more security social i'll tell you what though secret service we, we now have protection from a higher dimension because marion williams has now oh. endorsed bernie sanders so we have bernie sanders the, the power of the orbs. is fucking strong there's an orb, an invisible orb around Bernie at all times that can deflect bullets now. And and since Oprah endorsed Marion Williams, by the transit of property, <laughs> Oprah has now endorsed Bernie Sanders. Yep. So we have it. that going for us as well, which is nice. Yeah. 
No, hundred percent. And she had she had a great psychotic, bizarre, weird Mary Williamson, <laughs> fifteen different accents endorsement speech. But we love it. That's why you know, like we we love the chaos energy that Marion Williamson brought to the to the debates early on. Uh, so Everyone, we appreciate her joining our movement. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got like a, a an aunt that's about that age that's kind of out there somewhere, or they have like a. You know, they, they've dated someone whose mom was that way. You know, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah. the crystal energy, Reiki healing, circular breathing, <laughs> yoga, whatever. Like, it's just, we're, I'm not on that wavelength, but I can identify it and respect it from a distance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and by the way, Bloomberg deleted that whole tweet thread where, where he was just made, where they made up fake quotes that bernie said. oh they got reported i reported every single I report, one of them. we I, I did too yeah i think everyone did so but, yeah, I, but fake, apparently fake they actually either they were forced to delete them probably so they didn't lose their account which is uh, hilarious because by you know besides being slanderous they were like super offensive and homophobic and just just hacky and bad and <coughs> pretty much everything about the you know the michael bloomberg for president uh 2020 campaign i tell in you in a that, nutshell if so, they just of all the people that went to go work for him are just doing it to hijack his infrastructure to actually like, like Trojan horse, a bunch of uh, down ballot progressive candidates, you know, just, you know, you work on a campaign, you have access to printers and, mach- you know, all the stuff that you get. Oh, wait, well, yeah, I'm just going to uh, leak this list of emails to this lower candidate that can't afford to pay for them. You know, like, I, I hope there's a lot of that going on with the Mike Bloomberg campaign right now. The people that infiltrated that thing to, to, you know, oh, it's leaking like a sieve. Ta- People take the staplers out. home once the ship starts to sink, so to speak, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, I really, <laughs> I really hope that's what's going on. A lot of other people are, are thinking that is what is going on as well. Yep, hundred percent. So yeah, stay tuned for the uh, debates where we get round two of Bernie <laughs> just ripping Michael Bloomberg's heart out and showing it to him before he, you know, slowly passes out on the floor and. Uh, you see this, Mike? It's collectively owned now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so can't wait for that. Uh, and we'll see you Thursday.